it's really about taking back control, making decisions slash being decisive, making the most of your time and energy and having power to call the shots and optimize things because that's what you are, right? You are the CEO of your life. Just like if you're the CEO of a business, maybe you are, you set the vision and you set the direction for the company. You decide what the future is going to look like, what projects you take on, what the values are. You decide who you surround yourself with. You're essentially hiring, firing, and promoting the people in your life as you see fit, as if you're the CEO of a business. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, I hope you're ready for this episode because this topic is something I've talked about a lot over on other social media platforms, on Instagram, on TikTok, and people always love it. But I've never recorded a podcast about it, but I feel like the podcast is the perfect place to deep dive because there is so much to cover. There are so many examples, so many stories I have to tell, and I know that I'm going to be able to give you actual takeaways to the max (laughs) with this episode. And as a preface, the CEO lifestyle that we're talking about is for everyone. Like any, anybody can implement at least some of the strategies or hacks or ideas that I'm going to share with you. But I didn't realize that until I really embodied the CEO role in my business. So I'm going to be able to share some examples of that and then how I've translated it into my life and ideas for how you can put it into practice in yours, whether you're an entrepreneur or just a fellow ambitious gal like me. And I'm also going to have a disclaimer that some of these are, I don't want to use the word expensive. Some of these are an investment. (laughs) into your lifestyle and buying your time back and things like that. If it's not in your budget, totally fine. But maybe we're just opening the perspective of things that could be possible in the future or things that you want to be able to afford and can work towards. And then others of them are completely free or inexpensive or more about the mindset shift than anything. And the CEO lifestyle and living like a CEO is more than anything, a mindset. So just to set the scene and explain how all of this has come to be. Early in my business, I was personally doing everything. I was an online fitness coach at the time. I also regularly, frequently posted YouTube videos. I was on like multiple social media platforms, creating out content, working with brands, coaching clients, doing the absolute most. And I was running the whole business by myself. And I had bigger goals. Like I wanted to keep growing. I wanted to keep growing my audiences, making more money, helping more people. But I hit a ceiling and I hit it hard and I burned out all at the same time and realized that something had to change and that doing everything myself and like priding myself in being a one woman show was not it. Like I was successful to an extent, but I was working 24 seven. I had no energy. I was burnt out and 
I started my business for like freedom and flexibility and impact and like wasn't enjoying any of those things. So I knew something needed to change. I needed to be way more open to having help. And I needed to start looking for ways to take myself out of the operations of my business. I needed to be way more protective of my time and energy. And I think that's something that a lot of women can relate to. Um, And with that, like the things that I couldn't take onto my plate or the things that I needed to move off my plate, I needed to once again, ask for and actually accept help. And I think maybe the accepting part might be even harder. (laughs) And I needed to start valuing myself, my energy, my time differently and really evaluate what was moving the needle and what was important in my business. I also, last but not least, needed to have higher standards for like my team and the people around me. And that was a lesson that I didn't learn right away, but that's a lesson that I've learned throughout the years of now having team and having help in my business is like holding the team to a high standard. Otherwise, none of this works. And over time, as I was able to really implement and like embody those shifts, which all of them were absolutely a process and a process that took time. But over time, shifting my strategies and my mindset in my business inevitably started bleeding over into my life. And I started looking for ways to apply these things I was learning into my personal life and to live more like a CEO and not just like isolate the CEO-ness inside of my business. And that's something that you hear me talk about a lot on this podcast is that being an entrepreneur is like one giant personal development (laughs) exercise. And this is such a good example. And I just realized that a lot of the same principles I was applying to my business could apply to my life. But zooming out even further, you don't even need to be an entrepreneur to use this stuff. And so I knew I had to share it with you. And yes, sometimes when we think about the CEO lifestyle, we like conjure up images of business class flights and luxury cars and champagne and handbags. And I really enjoy that stuff. I'm not going to lie. But that's just like the very surface level. And none of that stuff, minus maybe the car, is really what actually elevates my day-to-day life. It's the stuff that I'm going to share in this episode that really elevates my day-to-day life and has a noticeable difference all the time. And to me, the CEO lifestyle is really about taking control, making decisions, and making the absolute most of the time and energy that I have. And that requires getting really super crystal clear on what energy do I have? What am I willing to spend it on? And what are my actual priorities that are really going to move the needle in my life? And that's a question that I before was really only asking so much my business, like what investments are going to move the needle, what projects are going to move the needle, what content or whatever is going to move the needle. And I started applying it to my life and that it requires clarity around your goals and your values and your priorities. And I want to acknowledge that because that's a conversation for another time. That's kind of like the prerequisite to even being able to prioritize and do some of the things I'm going to talk about. You also need to internally truly value and appreciate and honor your time and energy because if you're not valuing your own time and energy and really seeing that as something worth protecting, this is all going to be really tough for you as well. So 
those are things to potentially get curious about and look deeper into if those aren't sitting right with you as of right now. That's okay. But that does need to happen before we can really take action on the CEO lifestyle. And again, it's really about taking back control, making decisions slash being decisive, making the most of your time and energy and having power to call the shots and optimize things because that's what you are, right? You are the CEO of your life. Just like if you're the CEO of a business, maybe you are, you set the vision and you set the direction for the company. You decide what the future is going to look like, what projects you take on, what the values are. You decide who you surround yourself with. You're essentially hiring, firing, and promoting the people in your life as you see fit, as if you're the CEO of a business. And similarly, you have to make plans and strategize and analyze and pivot as necessary. So even if you've never run a business a day in your life, or maybe you have, there are so many parallels. And if you can adopt the mindset and some of these CEO lifestyle principles I'm going to share, you will be amazed by how much your life can transform. And really implementing these concepts is a key to owning your life instead of life kind of just happening to you and settling for whatever comes your way. And again, so much of a CEO lifestyle is about your mindset, but I always think it's helpful to have some examples and actionable takeaways and stories that explain my thought process. So I'm going to go through those as CEO lifestyle hacks with kind of backstories and principles that I've used. And you can get some ideas for yourself and better understand how I put it together in my life. Take what serves you, leave what doesn't, and we're going to have a great time. I'm going to start with the concept of outsourcing and delegating things to buy time and energy back. And this started being a thing for me in my business when once again, I was totally tapped out. I could not fit a single more thing on my plate. I actually was dealing with severe like adrenal fatigue and hormonal imbalances, thyroid dysfunction, all this stuff because I had pushed myself to the absolute limit, both in my business and with my fitness journey at the end of like several bikini competitions and stuff. That is again, a story for another day. But I hit that absolute limit and I had to get help if I wanted my business to like live to die another day, basically. Like I needed help. Otherwise my business would cease to exist. And so what I started doing is first of all, auditing the things in my life of like, what is actually helping me right now? Like what is actually getting me more of what I want? What is actually serving me? What is actually either bringing me joy or making me money or helping me get better in some way? And if there was something that wasn't contributing to that like bigger vision, I had to just cut it out. Like I had to set boundaries. I had to say no. But there were plenty of things like in my business that I couldn't just stop doing. But there were people who could do them for me. And so the thing that I started doing with the remaining priorities was auditing. Okay, if I paid someone, let's say, $15 an hour to take this over for me, which at the time, that was a pretty solid going rate for, let's say, a virtual assistant. If I pay my virtual assistant $15 an hour to take five hours of work off my plate, how much money can I make in that time if I can focus instead on other things like money making activities like 
uh, selling coaching or pitching sponsorships or making content that was monetizable. And I realized that, okay, if I can buy back an hour of time of money-making activities in my business for $15 and my time working in my business is worth, let's say, $50, I'm netting $35 in profit by paying someone else. And so that really introduced me to the concept of not only opportunity costs, like, wow, it's actually costing me money to continue doing this stuff in my business, but also the concept of return on investment ROI. Like if I put in $15, I can get out $50. That's a really good ROI. So I hesitantly started hiring some people in my business. And the first few hires I made were probably not like the greatest. They were, they're all contractors, but probably weren't the greatest, but it was a start. And it showed me that that was a thing I could do. And now I have around 10 people, I think it might be 12 or so, who work on my business on a daily or weekly basis. They're all contractors and they make my business run even if I don't show up, even if I don't log in, like my business is still running without me, which is amazing. But you don't need to have a team of 10 people to either run your business or run your life. You can do this in your lifestyle. And if you have a business, you can start a lot smaller. But I digress. That's the backstory. The ways that I've now outsourced and delegated and taken that into my personal life to buy my time and energy back, here are a few. Um, one thing that I've been doing for a couple of years now is I get weekly healthy meals delivered to my house. So they are on auto ship. I have a subscription. I don't have to remember to order them. I don't have to pick my meals. They automatically come every week. And that buys time back for more grocery shopping, more meal prepping, um, more time spent in the middle of my day, like assembling lunches and stuff. I just immediately have five healthy lunches available for all of my weekdays. And yes, I could meal prep. Yes, I could eat leftovers. Yes, I could do that. But that's not how I want to spend my free time. I don't want to spend my free time that's supposed to be spent like resting and having fun meal prepping. I love cooking for fun, but I'm not meal prepping. <laughs> so I outsourced my healthy lunches and it gives me nourishment. It gives me energy, saves me time, helps me stay in more of a flow state during my work day because I just have to pop out, heat something up. It's delicious. And then I get back to work. So that is 10 out of 10 recommendation. It just is part of our grocery bill at this point and super, super worth it. On that similar vein, I also outsource groceries and I get them delivered 99% of the time. Occasionally, I want to like peruse Trader Joe's and buy the seasonal goodies and stuff. But 99% of the time, I copy and paste my last shopping cart from Whole Foods and get it delivered within two hours. And I pay a delivery fee. I tip my driver. But that is so worth it because it saves me at least like one and a half, two hours of driving to the store shopping around, just like looking at so much random stuff, going back to the other side of the store because I forgot something. It just gets delivered to my house. And I don't even have to think about what I'm ordering unless I have like a specific thing I want to make or whatever, if I'm craving something. But it just streamlines getting groceries and once again, buys time and energy back. That is not the way that I want to spend my free time outside of my work. We also have housekeepers come and they come twice a month 
nothing crazy, but they come and do our deep cleaning, the things that once again, I do not want to spend my spare time on. And that just gives me such a good feeling, such good energy in my space because it might not always be really tidy. I can admit that about myself, but it's not dirty. It's never dirty. And that is what's the most important to me. Like currently my desk has no fewer than three beverages, a burnt candle, some crystals, a stack of mail. Like, yes, I'm not maybe the tidiest person, but my house is clean thanks to my housekeepers. I've also dabbled with having a personal assistant. I don't have one right now because my old personal assistant moved away. But when I did have a personal assistant, she was handling a lot of the like just annoying adulting stuff that comes up, whether that's checking your P.O. box or dropping off online shopping returns or picking up dry cleaning or bringing my dogs to the groomer or she would even do like light cleaning and organization in my house, help me with scheduling appointments. She was just kind of like a second brain to help me keep my personal life running. And that was so, so helpful and just bought back a lot of time and energy that you don't even realize how much that is running in the background of your brain until someone takes it off your plate. So currently living without a personal assistant, it's fine. Like that's definitely a huge luxury for sure. And I can acknowledge that pretty much all of these are a luxury. They are, but personal assistant was nice. Not going to lie. Now this next one is super underrated and I've never heard anyone else talk about it. And that is a car shopping concierge. I had never heard of this, but when I was getting ready to buy my car last year, I have a Land Rover Discovery. I was thinking like, wow, it's so annoying that I want to test drive a bunch of cars, but I don't want to drive literally hours and hours and hours and spend a whole day car shopping. Like, that's not fun. I just want to drive them. But the process of car shopping is annoying. What if someone could bring the cars they want to try to me? And that doesn't exist. (laughs) But when I was searching for that, I found a service. Feel free to hit me up for my contact. But I found a service where you tell them what you're looking for. They kind of consult you on what they feel is the best car for you and can either like validate your decision or guide you towards something that might actually be a better fit, which kind of negated like the need to go drive around and try a bunch of cars anyway. And then they locate the exact car that you want they communicate with the dealer, they negotiate the price and any of the deals and the upsells and all of that. They arrange for all the paperwork and all you do is like sign on the dotted line and it is amazing. So I wanted a Land Rover Discovery, but I wanted a specific, I wanted it to be white. I wanted to have black wheels. I wanted to have black leather interior and it needed to have a towing package because I wanted to be able to tow a camper to horse shows if I chose to do so. So my guy, Andrew, set out on this mission and there was one car that fit that exact criteria in the entire country. He found it. It was in Maryland. He negotiated all of it. He more than paid for himself because he saved me a lot of money on the car, hooked me up with free delivery to my home from Maryland and just made it such a pleasant experience. I don't want to walk into a car dealership, spend hours waiting around, 
to be just not even be taken seriously. This has happened to me every time I've gone, gone car shopping. They don't take you seriously. They don't believe you when you tell them how much money you make. And I hate the haggling and the wheeling and dealing. Like, I just want the car that I want <laughs> at the price that I want. And he made that happen for me. And that bought back so much time and energy, so much stress was taken off my plate for that. 10 out of 10 recommend. And again, I paid, I want to say it was like six seventy five. dollars um, and he more than paid for himself because he got me a deal on the car, got free delivery, all of that. So I think that is an investment that like anyone should be making if you are buying a like higher end vehicle. Super, super worth it. Um, other quick things. We've hired a dog trainer. Um, I'm not an expert at dog training. And that is something that someone else could accomplish so much better and faster than I could when our younger dog, Sunny, just has like too much energy and like excitement and she didn't know how to channel it. So we sent her to dog training and they changed her life. They changed our lives again so much faster and so much more efficiently and productively than we could have done it if we tried to figure it out on our own. And that's very much the energy that I bring to hiring team members and bringing people into my business. Like if you're going to be able to do it better and faster and more effectively than me, you're hired. So that's the way that we kind of approach the dog trainer situation. Same exact thing with landscapers and anyone who's like working on our home. I am not a DIY girly. <laughs> I am not a yard work girly. I want it done and I want it done well, but it doesn't need to be done by me. And so I'm a big, big fan of outsourcing and delegating in your personal life, in your home life. Oh, and I just thought of another one, wedding planners. I have two wedding planners who are handling our wedding that's happening in Italy in 2023. And that has been just a godsend. I have a very clear vision. I know what I want, but the actual process of planning, executing, keeping track of everything, not it for me. So wedding planners have been a must have investment. And for me, it was not a small investment. It was, I want to say like, $9,000, maybe $10,000, which is a lot of money. But the amount of time that I would have spent doing all the work that they're taking off my plate, if I reinvest that into my business, I can definitely make well over $10,000 back. So that's a lot of the way that I think about outsourcing and delegating as well as like, first of all, is it worth it to just buy this time back for rest and play and just to have it back for myself? And or how much extra money can I make if I instead spend this time in my business? And way more often than not, it is so worth it to bring someone in to help me with something and spend that time in my business instead. Like if I can pay someone $20 an hour to take care of some like handyman stuff in my house, that I would probably butcher anyway. If I can get those hours back and spend them making money in my business, I could make $2,000 instead. So it's kind of a no-brainer. And I really encourage you to figure out how much your time is valued at on even an hourly basis, like have a number and compare any outsourcing delegating to that number. And you'll start thinking about things a lot differently. So now I'm going to challenge you, look around in areas of your life and ask yourself, could someone else be doing this? <laughs> and there are so many things that you can take off your plate and that's okay. You do not need to do everything in order to be accomplished 
or ambitious or impressive. And that's something that I really struggled with for a long time, especially if you know me, you know, I'm an Enneagram three, I'm an achiever. I really pride myself in being able to do it all, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. And I hope that you're able to take that on for yourself as well. Another kind of concept or aspect of the CEO lifestyle for me really revolves around boundaries and expectations and relationships. And unfortunately, I had to learn a lot about all of those things the hard way in my business. I had to learn the hard way how important it is to have boundaries with my clients, with the brands I was working with, with my team. And those were like some messy lessons to learn. But what I did learn is when boundaries are clear and expectations are clear up front, like if everyone is on the same page, when you're right out of the gate, everyone has a better time. It's when expectations aren't clear, when one person expects one thing, one person expects another thing, or you feel that someone's overstepping those boundaries, but boundaries were never communicated that's when shit gets messy. That's when we start having a bad time, when people are disappointed, when people are upset, when we're not seeing eye to eye. That's when conflict happens most often. And so I learned that the hard way, but it's something that I'm so glad I have learned because it's really served me in my personal life too. And I've used those leadership tools and the boundary setting tools and applied them to like friends and family and significant others, aka my fiance, Andrew, different than the car shopping concierge, Andrew, (laughs) not the same Andrew, but I've been able to implement those lessons. And it has made all the difference in my life because now everyone's on the same page. People know where I stand. People know what's important to me. People know what I tolerate what I don't tolerate and vice versa. Of course, it's a two-way street. Of course, I make an effort to understand other people's boundaries and other people's expectations and other people's intentions too. Because again, it has to be like two people on the same page or two entities on the same page versus me just being like, here are my boundaries. Good luck. (laughs) It is for sure a two-way street and there can be compromise and things like that. But just being clear on what expectations and boundaries I hold has allowed me to enter those conversations. Because if I'm not clear on my side, then it's not even a conversation. And sometimes your boundaries are how you will or will not be treated. Or sometimes boundaries are just being able to say no and not overextending yourself for other people or not taking on other people's emergencies. Things like that are boundaries and those serve you. And something that I learned in my business that I kind of alluded to earlier is the opportunity cost, which essentially means if I say yes to this thing, What else am I saying no to that might be actually more important or more valuable to me? And boundaries are a huge part of that process because if you are not able to say no, if you're not able to enforce your boundaries, people will just take and take and take, not even from a place of like being malicious, but just not knowing (laughs) that that's too much for you or that that doesn't serve you. So long story short, having boundaries and enforcing them and having clear expectations for the people in your life and 
the circumstances or the things that you're engaged in is for sure a CEO move. That is that is CEO behavior. And one thing that I touched on earlier that taught me a lot about relationships is I didn't always have my rock star team. I didn't always have peers and entrepreneur friends who like really actually supported me the way that I do now. And so I had to learn the relationship piece the hard way too. Like I let people stay on my team way longer than I should have because I wanted them to be better and I wanted them to reach their potential. And I wanted them to learn how to like be the teammate that I needed them to be. And they just couldn't be that person. And that cost me by just kind of like pulling them along and growing not because of them, but despite them, that cost me. And so I learned to apply that in my personal life as well. And just taking a look at who in my life is really elevating me, who in my life is genuinely adding value, is supporting me, is truly there for me, and is making me a better person. And who is maybe, this sounds harsh, but who is maybe dead weight? Like who is holding me back? Who is weighing me down? Who is planting like seeds of doubt in my brain? Who's unsupportive? And how can I either distance myself from them and just like engage with them less? You know, maybe it's like a family member. Or how do I just simply not like have a relationship with them anymore? And that doesn't need to be super dramatic. People can just grow apart and you can do it gradually. But there was a time where like I've, I have had to break up with a friend who is not adding value and who is actually like adding stress to my life. And that sucks. But again, as a CEO of your life, you are hiring, firing and promoting the people in your life. And I promise you, if you approach that from a place of wanting to not only have people elevate you, but for you to also reciprocate and like be a force for good in other people's lives, that's going to create a win-win. Because being a CEO isn't just like bossing people around and firing people. It's also being a leader and serving others and creating not only a business and a life, but a culture and a team where everyone's growing and winning together. So remember that it's not just, this is what I expect. This is what I want. And like, screw everyone who doesn't fit that. It's about both sides and everyone getting to win together. And then the last kind of segment that I wanted to touch on is looking at quality of life investments and like performance habits and routines as investments into my happiness, my well-being, my life. Because when I was first really taking my role as a CEO seriously, when I was struggling with burnout, I'd kind of hit like one of my rock bottoms and knew that something had to change. I started studying other entrepreneurs, like what were they doing that allowed them to have all this energy and get all this done and be good leaders and be effective and perform in their business? Like what were they doing that made that level of performance possible? And a lot of what I found was from men, which is fine. But men and women just operate a lot differently in terms of how our bodies work, how our hormones work, the way our energy levels fluctuate and things like that. And so I tried to fit myself into the boxes 
of like what all of these entrepreneur guys were doing and like very, you know, kind of stereotypical, like wake up at five, cold shower, exercise, like meditate, do 37 step breath work routine. Like it was very intense. And I tried to do all of those kind of habits and routines and rituals to biohack myself or perform better. And long story short, those things kind of stressed me out more. (laughs) They didn't really work for me. But through that process of trial and error, I was able to kind of pick and choose which ones did move me closer to feeling good or which ones did serve me. And I was able to really discern and decide that I was going to make my own rules and I was going to listen to myself. But regardless, I had to figure out a way to take better care of myself and hack, if you will, my performance and my happiness and my energy. And I started doing that stuff because I was motivated from my business, which I'm not super proud of that. Like I was more motivated to fix my chronic fatigue so that I could show up for my business versus just like, because that was the right thing to do to take care of myself. But once again, the lesson started in my business. And now some of the kind of non-negotiables that I have aren't even necessarily related to my business, but are just things that make me a happier, healthier, more energized, more focused person. And again, some of them are like financial investments where it's like, if I put X money in, this is what I get back. So for example, I have a rule with myself that I only fly business class if I'm doing a long haul flight. So if like I'm flying internationally, I will always have a live flat bed because I really value being able to arrive to my destination, feeling well rested and being able to actually appreciate where I am and enjoy my time. Or maybe it's like executing what I'm there to do. Like I've flown internationally for um, back when I did like fitness expos or I've flown internationally for business engagements and and events. And so I want to be able to either execute when I get somewhere or enjoy my time. And I basically am investing into my experience of the day that I arrive. Because I don't know if you've ever flown business class and been able to get a full night's sleep on a long flight, but it is, it will, it will change the game for you. I cannot even describe how much better it is than cramming yourself into an economy seat in like row 37. It is such an elite experience. And I know that it's a huge luxury and a huge privilege. Luckily, I usually pay for it with credit card points from the business credit card, which is amazing. That's just another example of how I think of if I spend this money or if I spend these points even, what is my return on that? And how is that going to help me perform better and be happier and get more out of my day? Smaller examples of little like splurges or lifestyle luxuries would be like buying a nice mattress so that you get better nights of sleep and wake up happier and more well-rested. Or I recently bought an Aura Ring, which is amazing. And it's kind of similar to like an Apple Watch where it tracks your sleep and your steps and your workouts and stuff. But it's just this little ring that you wear and it it's kind of chic. It's gold. You can pick silver, black, whatever. Um, and I love it because it's keeping me accountable to my activity levels and my rest. And it's telling me, you know, some days it's like, hey, your sleep sucked. You need to like do better. Or, hey, you got... 500 steps today, 
what's up? Which doesn't happen a lot, but like sometimes occasionally it happens. And that has been a great investment. I also have certain non-negotiables that I know allow me to be happier and perform better for my home. Like when we were buying our house, it had to have good natural light and it had to be a place where I would be happy waking up there and my environment would elevate my mood and elevate my lifestyle and elevate just my environment versus something that was kind of a force working against me. And that's a big, again, part of the CEO lifestyle is looking at, okay, if I invest in this thing or if I prioritize in this thing, what is the return? Or how can I optimize this part of the business, this part of my life to get me better results, more fun, more money, more pleasure, more rest, more connection, more fulfillment, whatever it is, looking for how can I optimize each piece? And I do still do some little biohacking things that I did decide to keep from my deep dive into CEO bro life. And those things are like, I try to get morning sun. That's really helpful with circadian rhythm and hormones. I try to limit blue light at night. I try to not drink coffee for the first like one and a half, two hours of my day so that my cortisol levels can ebb and flow the way that they're supposed to. I try to get plenty of electrolytes. So there are some things where it's more so like wellness. Biohacking doesn't need to be this big, like crazy cryo tank in your garage thing. Like you can, you can biohack and optimize your performance in so many small kind of accessible ways, but it's all about taking ownership of what is in your control and taking ownership over the things that you can invest in or that you can change in your life and asking yourself, how can I tweak this? How can I refine this? How can I optimize this? What can I do or invest to get a better end result? Whether that's make more money, be happier, take better care of myself, have more energy, see my friends more, whatever it might be. And again, these are all just ideas and things to try on in your own life. So take what serves you, leave what doesn't. Some require a bigger investment than others too. And that's okay if you don't have the cash flow to like buy back a bunch of your time yet. But my goal with sharing this stuff is more than anything, teaching you how to think like a CEO and see your decisions a bit differently. Remember that you hold the decision-making power in your life. So use it. I hope this was helpful and empowering for you. I would love to hear what you thought about it. Slide into my Instagram DMs tag me in your stories. I cannot wait to hear what CEO lifestyle shift you're going to implement first. And with that, I'm signing off. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you again soon. 